Imagine that a thermostat is set to 22 degrees Celsius. Normally, when the temperature rises to 22 degrees, the thermostat will turn off the furnace, allowing the room to stay at that temperature. But what if the furnace is not listening to the thermostat and continues to produce heat? The room will get hotter and hotter and hotter. The thermostat is renin and the furnace is the adrenal glands. The heat is aldosterone. Today, our patient has primary hyperaldosteronism, also known as Kahn syndrome, and you are the doctor. Welcome to The Internet Work, a podcast written by internal medicine residents, meant to serve you better on the words and on call. Today's episode is titled, Con Man, An Approach to Primary Hyperaldosteronism. The key to understanding primary hyperaldosteronism is to understand the renin-angiotensin-aldosterone system, or RAS. It is a key regulator of blood pressure and fluid and electrolyte balance in the body. When a stimulus, such as low blood pressure or low serum sodium level, activates RAS, renin is secreted by juxtoglomerular cells in the kidneys. Renin cleaves angiotensin made in the liver into angiotensin 1. In the lungs, the angiotensin-converting enzyme, or ACE, converts angiotensin 1 into angiotensin 2. Angiotensin 2 stimulates the release of aldosterone from the adrenal glands. Aldosterone is a mineral corticoid hormone produced in the zona glomerulosa, the outermost layer of the adrenal cortex. Its primary function is to act on distal tubules and collecting ducts of the nephrons, causing sodium and water reabsorption, as well as potassium and hydrogen excretion. This increases the extracellular fluid volume in the body, which raises blood pressure. Primary hyperaldosteronism, or Kahn syndrome, refers to a group of disorders in which aldosterone, produced by the adrenal gland, is inappropriately elevated. It is the most common cause of secondary hypertension, occurring in 6 to 20% of patients with hypertension. It is two times more common in women than in men. The most common causes of primary hyperaldosteronism are aldosterone-producing adrenal adenomas, and bilateral adrenal hyperplasia. Less common are an aldosterone-secreting adrenal cortical carcinoma or familial hyperaldosteronism. Your first step in any patient encounter is to assess whether the patient is stable or unstable by assessing their vitals, ABCs, and GCS. Generally, patients with primary hyperaldosteronism tend to be diagnosed early in their disease course and are stable on presentation. However, if they are presenting with evidence of hypertensive urgency or emergency, they should be appropriately worked up and treated prior to proceeding with the rest of your investigation. Once they are stabilized, your approach to patients who potentially have primary hyperaldosteronism should include assessing for signs and symptoms of the condition, ruling out other causes of hypertension and mineral corticoid excess, and determining the cause of primary hyperaldosteronism. On history, the major clinical feature to ask about is hypertension resistant to antihypertensive medications. Patients are usually asymptomatic otherwise. They may present with other symptoms such as muscle weakness and cramps, polyuria, polydipsia, paresthesia, and tetany. 
you should ask about a family history of early onset hypertension or primary hyperaldosteronism and ask if they have low potassium levels on prior blood work. You should also evaluate for other potential causes of secondary hypertension, including Cushing syndrome and obstructive sleep apnea. On physical examination, blood pressure is often elevated. Based on the 2016 Endocrine Society Clinical Practice Guidelines, primary hyperaldosteronism should be suspected in patients with sustained blood pressure above 150 over 100 on each of three measurements obtained on different days, above 140 over 90, resistant to three antihypertensives, including a diuretic, or controlled blood pressure less than 140 over 90 on four or more antihypertensives. However, these are not set criteria, and clinical judgment should be used when deciding who to test. On exam, you may also find abdominal distension, ileus associated with hypokalemia, hypertension-associated retinopathy, and altered mental status in severe cases. Initial blood work should include a basic metabolic panel, which may reveal hypokalemia, mild hypernatremia, and mild metabolic alkalosis. However, these metabolic abnormalities may not be present earlier in the disease course. Next, to assess for primary hyperaldosteronism, plasma aldosterone, plasma renin, and an aldosterone to renin ratio, or ARR, should be measured. Importantly, patients' potassium levels should be normalized, and they should not be on mineral corticoid receptor antagonists, or MRAs for six weeks prior to these tests. A high aldosterone, low renin, and high ARR would be suggestive of primary hyperaldosteronism. On the other hand, secondary hyperaldosteronism would show both elevated renin and aldosterone levels. The diagnosis of primary hyperaldosteronism can be made without further testing if there is spontaneous hypokalemia, renin below detection levels, and aldosterone above 540 picomoles per liter. There is variability for ARR cutoffs across different guidelines, but the most commonly adopted cutoff is 144 if renin and aldosterone are in SI units. If the diagnosis is not definitive based on those results, further confirmatory tests should be performed to demonstrate non-suppressible aldosterone levels. For example, a saline infusion test or captopril challenge test. Normally, these stimuli would suppress aldosterone, but in patients with primary hyperaldosteronism, aldosterone will remain elevated. Once the diagnosis is confirmed, it is important to differentiate between an adrenal adenoma and bilateral adrenal hyperplasia as the treatment differs. A CT scan or MRI of the adrenals should be ordered to evaluate for adrenal tumors. It should be noted that imaging does not always pick up on adenomas, and even when an adenoma is seen, the patient may still have bilateral adrenal hyperplasia. In some cases, bilateral adrenal vein catheterization with aldosterone sampling, also known as adrenal vein sampling, may be performed to confirm unilateral disease before proceeding with surgical management. Depending on the patient's presentation, complications of excess aldosterone should also be evaluated for, such as ordering creatinine and urine albumin to look for evidence of nephropathy, or an ECG and echocardiogram to look for arrhythmias and heart failure. 
First off, we recommend a referral to an endocrinologist for further workup and management. The primary goal of treatment is to prevent adverse outcomes associated with hyperaldosteronism, namely hypokalemia, hypertension, cardiovascular disease, cerebrovascular disease, and nephropathy. There are three main branches of treatment, non-pharmacological, pharmacological, and surgical. Non-pharmacological measures should be recommended to all patients, which includes maintaining a healthy body weight, engaging in moderate physical activity, and following a low-sodium diet. Pharmacological treatment mainly refers to the use of MRAs, which will reduce blood pressure and increase serum potassium levels. MRAs are indicated for patients with aldosterone-secreting adenomas prior to surgery, patients who do not want surgery or have contraindications to surgery, and those with bilateral adrenal hyperplasia. Examples of MRAs include spironolactone and eplerinone. Spironolactone can be started at a dose of 25 mg daily and gradually uptratrated to the lowest effective dose that normalizes potassium levels without the need for supplementation. Side effects of MRAs include gynecomastia, erectile dysfunction, menstrual disorders, and GI upset. If MRAs are poorly tolerated, other potassium-sparing diuretics such as amylaride may be used. Surgery with unilateral laparoscopic adrenalectomy is the treatment of choice for most patients with an aldosterone-producing adrenal adenoma. This leads to complete resolution of symptoms in 35-70% to 70% of patients. Did you know that Kahn syndrome was named after American endocrinologist Jerome W. Kahn? He was the first to describe the syndrome in 1954 in a 34-year-old patient presenting with hypertension, hypokalemia, high aldosterone, and reduced renin. Surgical removal of a 4-centimeter right adrenal adenoma cured her condition. In the following years, Kahn's clinic became a world referral center for primary hyperaldosteronism, and the condition was named after him. Thank you for listening to today's episode entitled Conman, Approach to Primary Hyperaldosteronism. This episode was written by Dr. Isabel Shamsudin, internal medicine resident, and reviewed by Dr. Stan Van Um, endocrinologist, and Dr. Andrew Appleton, general internal medicine. The internet work was created by Allison Lai and co-developed by Zara Morali and Leah Karnopoulos. This episode was recorded and produced by Zara Morali. Music production by Laxman Samantha Mohan. If you liked this episode, please like and subscribe at wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for tuning in, and we hope to see you again soon.